My original intention was to begin my homily today by asking everyone in the congregation the following question. Are you insane? But then I thought better of it. I figured there would be some out there who would more than likely be offended if I did that. So I decided to alter the question just a little bit. Consequently, instead of asking, are you insane? I will begin by asking, would Ben Franklin say you are insane? Now, if you don't like the question, you can blame Ben Franklin, not Father Ray. And Ben won't mind in the least because he's been dead for over 200 years. Ben Franklin, you see, is considered to be the source of the following well-known statement. Insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. Insanity is doing the same thing. The implication here is that it's a bad thing, a mistake, an error, committing the same error over and over again and expecting different results. Oh yeah, things turned out badly last time, but they're sure to be better this time. As most of us know, the season of Advent, which is improperly referred to as the Christmas season by many people, including many Christians, this season of Advent is a time when otherwise normal, well-adjusted, rational men and women lose all contact with reality. They become, at least according to the definition of Ben Franklin, insane. And I'm not just talking about what goes on at the shopping malls, although certainly it includes all of that. I'm talking about something much deeper. I ask you, how many men and women each and every year make the same resolutions after Thanksgiving? They say things like, you know what, I'm tired of the commercialism. I refuse to get caught up in it this year. I will resist. I'm going to spend more time with my family this December in preparation for Christmas. More quality time with them. I'm going to pray more this Advent. I'm going to try to get in touch with the real meaning of our Savior's coming to earth, of His birth. I'm going to try to improve my relationship with God during the next month. I'm going to make time for those in need. I'm not going to get wrapped up in my own needs, in my own selfish desires. Good ideas. Good resolutions. Good intentions. But then it happens. Within a week, they all go out the window. And these well-intentioned people get caught up in the madness, like all the rest. And then you hear what I would call the disgruntled holiday mantra. Oh, I can't wait until it's over. I can't wait till December 26th. I'm so tired. I'm exhausted. Now, I could understand if this happened during one Advent in a particular year. I could even understand if it happened for a couple of years in a row. But for some, this is an annual occurrence. They do the same thing every Advent. They make these same good resolutions, 
And they follow through on none of that. And they somehow expect the results to be different? Well, maybe it won't be so bad this year. Maybe I won't go that crazy. Maybe I won't need that much blood pressure medication. You know, according to Ben Franklin, that qualifies as certifiable lunacy. Remember, insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. I often wonder how Catholics like this deal with this Sunday, Gaudete Sunday. That's what this Sunday is, the third Sunday of Advent. Gaudete in Latin means rejoice, and it's the command form of the verb. Rejoice, all of you together, rejoice. That's the theme. That's what we're supposed to be doing as the birth of Christ approaches. That's why the pink candle is lit this weekend on the Advent wreath. It's not lit on the fourth Sunday. It's lit on the third. Because Advent is over half completed. And Christmas is drawing near. And that should bring us joy. Those who are experiencing Ben Franklin's kind of insanity must have a very difficult time entering into the spirit of this weekend. That should be obvious. In fact, they have to cringe at the scripture passages we hear this weekend. Zephaniah 3, shout for joy, O daughter Israel. Be glad and exult with all your heart, O daughter Jerusalem. Joy, where's the joy? Do you know what I have to do, Father Ray? Do you know the list I have to go down between now and December 25th? How am I going to experience? I don't have any time for joy. And how about this second reading from Philippians 4? This one must really get to them. Rejoice in the Lord always. Always. Even at the shopping malls. Even in traffic. All the time. I say it again, rejoice. Your kindness should be known to all. The Lord is near. Have no anxiety at all. But in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, make your requests known to God. That one must nearly put them over the edge. You know, about ten years ago, there was a popular fitness program on the market, and it was called Stop the Insanity. Well, that's my message to every Christian and especially every Catholic, on this weekend, in this homily. If you haven't already done it this Advent, do it now. Make the decision to stop the insanity for the rest of this holy season. Now, the only way to do that is to consciously and deliberately adopt a new approach to things, an approach that will help you Get your eyes on Jesus and get your eyes off yourself and all your problems and everything else. And I can't do that for you. You can't do it for me. We can only do it for ourselves. Let me offer you a few concrete suggestions as how you can accomplish this, as to how you can. Number one, suggestion number one. Finish your shopping. ASAP. Like by tomorrow night. That'll give you a week at least. But Father Ray, I still have so many people to buy for. You know what I say to that? Don't worry about it. <laughs> In fact, I have the perfect way to deal with that kind of situation. 
apologize to those you can't get gifts for, that you don't have time to shop for, and then promise them two gifts after Christmas when everything is half price. <laughs> They'll love you for it. You'll be a hero. See how simple that one was? Number two, don't worry about cooking and baking so much. Unless you're cooking and baking for me. <laughs> no, just kidding. You have to do some of that, of course, but don't let it take up too much of your time. Be reasonable, not excessive. And think about it, if you cook and bake less, you won't have to go on a diet in January. See how easily that one's solved, too? Number three, pray. Pray in a quiet place, in your home. If you have trouble finding one, you know what people tell me, people with kids? The bathroom will work. <laughs> if that's where it has to be, that's where it has to be. Or come to church, or go to the Adoration Chapel at Immaculate. For 15 minutes a day, pray in a quiet place. And during that time, meditate on the meaning of Jesus' coming using scripture. Read one of the infancy narratives, either the one in Matthew or the one in Luke. Or pray the joyful mysteries of the rosary, because those mysteries include the birth of Jesus. And at some point during that 15 minutes of prayer, practice rejoicing. Practice. You have to practice it. And you can practice it. And practice makes perfect, incidentally. But Father Ray, I don't feel like rejoicing. I'm going through a difficult time in my life right now. I just lost somebody close to me. You know what? That has nothing to do with it. All the more reason you have to practice rejoicing. You see, rejoicing does not mean feeling happy. Rejoicing is an act of the will. Rejoicing is not an emotion. Although, believe it or not, it sometimes affects our emotions in a positive way. If you really can get into rejoicing, it sometimes lifts your spirits. Yes, not always. Sometimes it does. Praise God when it does. What does it mean? To rejoice means to choose to praise God. It's a choice. To choose to praise God for who He is. And for what he's done for you and for the world. Lord, I rejoice that you've given me life. That you've given me natural life. What a gift. You didn't have to create me, but you did. Lord, I rejoice in that. Lord, I rejoice that you have given me supernatural life through baptism, through the sacraments. Lord, I rejoice that you give me mercy, forgiveness. You offer it to me every day, especially in confession. Lord, I rejoice that you died for me, an unworthy sinner. Lord, I rejoice that you've given me hope, even in the midst of all my problems, all of my difficulties, all of my burdens. Lord, I rejoice that you've put good people in my life, people that I sometimes take for granted, people who show me your love. Lord, I rejoice in these things. That's what it means to rejoice. Obviously, it doesn't mean that we're always supposed to feel happy. If it did, St. Paul wouldn't have told us in today's second reading to rejoice always. Paul suffered a lot. Just read his letters. Paul knew that no one is always happy. 
But he also knew that even when we aren't, we can still choose to rejoice. And sometimes, as I said a few moments ago, that will actually make us feel happier. So practice it. Number four, another possibility. Take the family to see the new movie that just came out, The Nativity Story. I went to see it this past week. It's an excellent film. It's not perfect. No movie with a gospel theme is going to be perfect in every way. But it's an excellent film. It gives a marvelous portrayal of St. Joseph. Fathers, make sure you see this. You definitely need to see it. It'll tell you, it'll show you what a father is all about. A father who leads not only by what he says, but also by what he does. And then, after you see the movie with your family, take them out for pizza so you can discuss it. Because these kind of movies need to be processed, discussed. Better yet, you can go with the group from our parish that's going this afternoon, 4 o'clock. More about that at announcement time. We're all meeting back in the back parking lot here. One final suggestion, and I think this is so important for all of us during this season. Visit someone in need. Maybe a friend, maybe a relative who's going through a difficult time now because of the death of a loved one. They need you. And it's a great way to get your eyes on Jesus and on the things of God and off yourself. And remember what Jesus said, there is more joy in giving than in receiving. Those are just some of the concrete ways you can stop the insanity. And let's face it, this is an insanity that can affect me as well as you. It can affect all of us. And I'm sure if you put your mind to it, you can come up with some other concrete ways to stop the insanity in your life. I'll close my homily today with this thought. If insanity is defined as making the same mistake over and over again and expecting different results, then sanity could be defined as making the right decision with good results and repeating that process over and over and over again. Dear Jesus, give all of us that precious and sometimes elusive gift of sanity. Give it to us this Advent and every Advent in the future. Amen.